So first, first, Carrie, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Excited to be here. It's very good to hear. Uh, very quickly about tomorrow, you're playing uh, Tuckerville. Yes. And this is going to be your first show in the Netherlands, uh, I heard, which surprised me, actually. Yeah, well, we've always kind of been wanting to expand um, the places that I get to go and play for. And um, it just so happens that it, it just all worked out perfectly this time. And I get to play Tuckerville, and um, I'm excited. What are your, you mentioned expanding, so, so what are your expectations, especially as you venture out more out of America in terms of country music? I mean, I, I enjoy the more um, I get to play, I feel like the, the bigger the crowds get, I feel like more and more people just have access to all kinds of music, um, just because it's so easy to stream and discover new artists and stuff like that, so it doesn't necessarily, the, the area doesn't need to have like a country music devoted mm -hmm. station for people to be into it, which I think is really cool. And um, I'm excited to see other country acts kind of do the same thing I'm doing. And we wanna, we, we love what we do and we're very passionate about our music and we just wanna share it as mm -hmm. much as we can and get other people on the country bandwagon. <laughs> and obviously you have a new record to show them or to... to yeah play for them, so I kind of want to jump straight into it. Um, on, on the second song in the album, Ghost on Stereo, there's a line, uh, one song at a time, I get their advice, and the pain melts away. When was the last time you had this kind of reaction to music? I mean, I feel like, I feel like every once in a while there'll, there'll just be a song that strikes you in a way, even if it's something that you've heard a thousand times. Mm. Um, and I feel like I'm a very like mood oriented music person. So whatever I'm feeling, like that's what I want to listen to, which is why I love Ghosts on the Stereo, because I feel like that's a very me thing to do. Um, if I'm feeling, you know, kind of sad or down or something, I will pick music that reflects that and kind of, I don't know, it just kind of, it's therapeutic almost. And um, yeah, that's why I love that song. Did music always have this effect from early on, that kind of uh, healing effect? I think I mean I think everybody to some extent can can find artists or genres or certain songs that um, that help them through tough times I mean I feel like I've always had that you know even as a kid and definitely as like a teenager when you're like going through teenage drama stuff I feel like you connect with music a lot and um, I hear so many stories from fans about how different songs helped them through something or it seemed like you know you were singing about the exact thing I was going through and I just really needed to hear that so it, it does have a healing effect for sure mm. and uh, well with this new album also uh, comes touring and, and playing it for people so have you already with the couple of songs that are out have you already heard reactions from people I have definitely heard um, reactions from cry pretty and um, well, I guess now with Love Wins, because that one kind of just came out, um, and people's immediate, immediate reactions have been they're pleasantly surprising, and, and it's, it's been um, good feedback so far. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, well, last year was, was a tough year for you, I think. Uh, I don't want to get into the whole, whole fall and everything, but um, how, did, how did music help you through it? I mean, I feel like one of the great things about country music is that we tend to write a lot about life. And I feel like when, when I'm in a writing session and, 
you know, we're, we're, we're just, we just tell our stories, you know, and things that we've been through and we can talk about our emotions with each other and everybody's kind of bringing their own viewpoints to the song. And, um, I feel like it makes it much more universal when we're all collaborating and trying to find ourselves in this song. Mm. Um, so it is, it's, it's therapy when you go into a writing session, you know, you write your feelings. Um, and I feel like that's why also people connect with it when they hear it, because, it's most of it is about real life. I mean, we definitely have kind of our our fun story songs that sure. aren't so serious. But um, one of the great things about country music is we do we do sing about life. Mm. And yeah, like you said, there's a, a lot of emotion. There's a, a lot of hurt on the on the album as well. But um, well, let, let's start with "Cry Pretty." And I think that there's a line in "Cry Pretty," uh, "Falling apart is as human as it gets." How come? How come? Well, I think. I mean, I think that specific line, falling falling apart, is is as human as it gets. Is um, we are taught to kind of hide our emotions, and I feel like a lot of what I do, you know, I could be having the worst day of my life, and if I have media to do, or I have mm -hmm. a photo shoot, or I have a video shoot, you kind of have to leave it all at the door and do your job. And I feel like that's so relatable for everybody. I don't care what you do or who you are or whatever, or you're you know, trying to keep your family together or you're trying to hold it together for your job. But every once in a while, you just can't, you know? And, and emotions are a very universal thing. We all have them and we all have mm -hmm. to deal with them. And um, what I love about Cry Pretty and what I love about that line is it's just this is something that we all share in. Mm -hmm. We all fall apart sometimes. The, the people that you think have it all together all the time do not. Maybe they're just better at falling apart in private, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it's just that's, that's, that's emotions. That's human. That's what we, we do. We laugh and we cry and we have great days and we have awful days and we're all just trying to navigate through it mm -hmm. all. Delving into these kind of emotions, and then, like you mentioned, those writing sessions, I, I can imagine, are they difficult to get through? Sometimes it can be um, a hard day at a writing session because you're, you are sharing yourself, you are bearing your soul, you're talking about your feelings, you are telling people that hopefully you know a little bit, but sometimes you're writing with somebody you just met um, just to see if you have any chemistry or not. And, you're telling them things about yourself that you wouldn't open up to a stranger about, you know, but it's kind of like you keep it all, whatever happens in the writing room stays in the writing room and we're all just bearing our souls. What, was there a song that ended up on the record that you had any reservations about? Kind of? I don't know if reservations is the, um, is the word. Um, I mean, I feel like there were a couple songs that were really hard to write. Um, I feel like Spinning Bottles was one that was, we were all in there kind of going through, I mean, living memories and things like that and, and talking about people that we have seen go through um, addiction or, you know, we've seen friends or family members kind of dealing with this. And it was for all of us, because I feel like we've all, everybody's kind of seen that in some way or another. Um, you know, we were just kind of all talking about very personal things. So that one was one that was hard to write. And then you think about the people in your life that you have seen go through this. And you're like, I hope this is, I don't know. I, I hope this, you don't want anybody's feelings to get hurt or anything because of the song. And 
it was just kind of a deep, a deep song. So that one was one that was, it was hard to write and it's hard to sing. And f what I find interesting with a song like that is, and, and obviously you have a great voice and, and you're, you're a great singer, but when you're in, in the studio, is, is that tough to, to get that emotion? Well, the thing about um, Spinning Bottles, it was that, that vocal on that song is literally the day we wrote it. Okay. Um, we, there was some magic that was happening and we were all very, it was all very raw and very real. And we had all just, again, been sharing our stories with each other and we wrote this song and I put it, put it down at the end of the day just to kind of have a, a demo to work off of. And when we tried to go back in and actually record it for real, mm -hmm. um, it didn't work because it was thought out and it was planned and it was, it was just a little less real and raw and emotional. So um, I, I made a couple of little fixes that, you know, because it was a demo, it wasn't perfect and whatever. Mm. Um, but like 90% of that vocal is just the day that we wrote the song. And uh, it just, you just feel it so much more. And then, yeah, the, the, like you mentioned, it's, it's a very honest album. It's a very raw album. Um, and I read somewhere, I, I can't remember where it's from, so it might be incorrect, but I, that you said, I feel stronger, more, more creative than ever. Yeah. How come? I mean, I feel like there's been a lot of life that has been lived um, since my last album. You know, I had a kid, I went on the road, I... Um, I've had my ups and I've had my downs and, and I feel like you, you can use all of those things in what you're doing um, when you get to do something like make music. Mm. And I just feel like even though last year was, was a, a tough personal year for me, um, you, can, you can use that, you know, and I, I feel like I was able to. Especially, well, you have a, a second child on the way. How has that affected then? And the first child, obviously, in between albums, or right around, I think, the last album. That's when your first album was born. Yeah. So, so how has that affected how you approach music and how you approach you think about touring and that kind of stuff? Um, you know, it's definitely a factor in <laughs> a kid is definitely a factor in mm. everybody's uh, life. You try to plan around around it and try to figure out how you're gonna. How am I going to take, you know, two, two kids on the road with me? But, you know, I'll just figure it out. <laughs> I feel like that's like a working mom thing. And um, no matter what you do or where you are or what your job is, you just kind of figure it all out how to juggle. And mm. that is what I intend to do. <laughs> I, I think I'll have great days and I think I'll have hard days, but that's just being a mom. So, so the, and with, like any other job, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's one uh, other song and in particular I want to talk about, which is The Bullet, which is uh, a very interesting song to me because, uh, well, it's about gun violence in, 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 I suppose, many forms. But it, it tackles it from, a, from, a, from an interesting, interesting perspective. So, so can you tell me how, about how that song kind of came together? Well, that was one that I did not write. I wrote um, most of the songs on the album, but every once in a while you hear a song like The Bullet and you're mm. like, oh my gosh, like that is just so powerful and so emotional. I have to sing that. Mm. Um, it was a hard song to sing because it does tackle something that is very, um, very difficult. Um, for me, the song was just so well written that it, it kind of put aside 
the why this thing happens and it just deals with the people that are involved which i feel like is unfortunately something we don't think about that often like you see things on the news and you know you you see these horrible things happening or somebody lost their life and obviously you you empathize and think that's that's terrible but then you do you stop to think about the parents do you stop to think about the children do you stop to think about the friends that are involved and, and that's kind of what this song is about. It's about all the people that their lives are changed forever because of this awful thing that has happened. And um, I mean, I just feel like it's it's just a beautiful song. Yeah, that, I think that I wrote down the line, the camera crew uh, crews have all moved on, the wound is still open. So yeah, like I say, I, I like that perspective where it, it's not just over once the cameras leave. Right. It's for these people, it continues. So anyways, I, I found that very, Nice song. Um, yeah, uh, the title, the "Cry Pretty." Did, when did the title come up in the in the process? Well, did you know early on that you wanted to name the uh, the, the album after a song? I did not. Um, you know, I went round and round trying to think of words or phrases or other songs that kind of summed up. Um, the whole project, and it's really hard naming an album, sure. um, unless you you do that like self-titled thing, which I feel like we're kind of past that in my <laughs> career. Um, it was just it was hard, um, and I, I hadn't even decided to record "Cry Pretty" the song um, until it was like, okay, I really love this song. Like I feel like it it's meaning more and more to me, um, and wouldn't that make a great album title and then once I thought of it as an album title like I saw the images in my head I saw the video playing out you know I I just kind of just saw it all happening so it's um, once once the light bulb came on and I thought this would make a great album title um, it was kind of a done deal that's interesting how come you didn't want to record that song initially it's not that I didn't want okay. to record it it's just not one of the initial ones that okay. I had landed on. So I, I didn't have all of my songs um, all lined up, ready to go when I went in re and recorded. I recorded like a few at a time and just kept writing and kept trying to see, you know, what, what other people would send us, what demos we would get. And, um, and that one probably came in somewhere in the middle. And uh, yeah, I decided to do that one after I had already probably recorded a few. When do you then know in that process when you have enough or you have an album? Because uh, I can imagine it's quite difficult to know when to stop and stop writing. And <laughs> it is very difficult to know when you're done um, in every aspect. Um, we had had, um, I guess, 10 songs recorded. I knew I, Ghost on the Stereo was one of the last ones we recorded, but one of the first ones I knew I wanted. Um, we were just trying to musically make some things happen. And, um, and then... Uh, I kept writing because I really wanted something that was a little lighter mm -hmm. and we wrote Southbound. So those were the last two that I recorded. Um, and then there was another one that I really wanted to record, but I was getting into the territory of when do you stop? You know, I can't have like 20 songs on this album or I would. Um, so it was kind of like, I just had to, to say, okay, we have it. You know, there's no, there's no piece of the puzzle that's missing. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground mm. and, um, I don't feel like, I feel like adding more would just be adding more. Mm. So, uh, and then from a producer standpoint, it was, um, 
it was that was kind of the same thing. It's like you can you can keep tweaking things forever and keep finding things that you don't like or keep adding things or keep messing with things, um, but you're you're not changing anything. You're you're just I don't know. You can, you can tweak forever. Sure. So eventually you have to say we're done. Let's walk away and um, let's let's get it get it to the presses. <laughs> let's get it going. In that sense, then, do you approach albums as, as kind of singular things or do you think about the, the kind of the future and then, then the whole uh, catalog in a way? I mean, you have to think about more than just the pro like you have to think about, you know, how are these songs going to sound live? Hmm. How is it going to be on tour? How are things going to look like I want everything to kind of be an era. I want every album to have a different look and a different feel and you know because this occupies a few years of my life I don't I feel like a lot of artists kind of come out with new projects like every year or they're like always touring or something and I feel like we kind of take our time on some things because I just want to I want to have that creative fuel I want to live a little life so I can be able to write and you know kind of see where am I at in my life right now and how does this apply to my music and how do I want a tour and what do I want things to look like so I feel like it all kind of occupies like an era of my my career and my life right and in terms of success I mean you've had as much sex success I think I think uh, as one can get you have won Grammys and all kinds of stuff um, what is your ambition in music these days Oh man, I mean, I, I just want to, I want to be able to keep doing what I'm doing, but also I want to keep getting better. I mean, I feel like that for me is my, my ultimate goal. Um, as soon as I don't feel like I'm getting better, I feel like then it's, it's time to, it's time to say, okay, you know, maybe either I step away for a while and figure out how to get better or I don't know, but I just always want to be making progress and making steps forward, um, personally, professionally, vocally, um, just always be getting better. Is there something you can share then that, that you have uh, learned on this album process? Something you kind of uh, figured out or discovered about yourself? I really enjoyed producing. Okay. Um, that was kind of my first official um, attempt and uh, it's a scary thing when you're taking that much control over what you do but I feel like it was such a great it was a great thing for me it was great for me to get to work with David Garcia and I feel like musically we just were bouncing things off of each other and I feel like the two of us working together um, and me being that much more involved made this project so so much better and so much more personal mm -hmm. than it might have been if if I hadn't done that. So I feel like it was uh, it was hard. I mean, it, it involved so much time um, and uh, and I was learning a lot along the way, but um, it was a it was a really good thing. I find it interesting. I find that that's quite interesting because uh, being in the producer's booth and, and, and hearing your own voice, do you, do you, <laughs> yeah, do you, well, what do you hear when you hear your own voice and you have to look at it objectively? Well, I'm very critical of myself. I mean, you know it, everybody knows when you like hear like a voice message or something, you hear yourself 
um, just speaking on a recording and you're like, do I sound like that? Like, I don't sound like that in here, but I, is that what everybody else is hearing? Um, but I thought it was really good for me to like sit there and listen to my own vocals and, you know, realize what my strengths and my weaknesses are. And I feel like working with David, um, he was so good at pointing out like emotional differences. So I would sit there and listen to, am I hitting the notes? Like, how am I enunciating? And I would listen to the technical side of things. And he was so great at pointing out the emotion behind like what I was singing, which is not a place I had really looked at before or paid much attention to before because I was always trying to sound perfect. Mm. I know I'm not perfect, but I was always trying to to sound technically good. Then, then to, to round off with the, with the line from Kingdom, it's perfectly imperfect. There you go. <laughs> and that's, that's something great about, I don't know, about being kind of in the producer's chair and listening to your voice and realizing that there were some moments that were happening that weren't technically perfect, but they had so much more weight and emotion to them. Um, and it was just, I don't know, sometimes it's better to go with the things that are imperfect. Um, because there's just, there's more behind it. Carrie, thank you very much for your thank time. Thank you. Thank you.